Lindsay here. Welcome back to How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast. I'm Lindsay Blair. I am your host, the editor of these3rooms.com and Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine. If you have listened before, great to have you back. If you're new around here, well, hello, big hello to you. Now, every episode, as the name of this very podcast might suggest, I chat to lovely experts about kitchen or bathroom design, or sometimes actually a topic that spans both of these rooms. So far this series, I have looked at sustainable kitchen design, spa bathrooms, secondhand kitchens, did you know that you could buy one, and cloakrooms, amongst other things. And if you head back to series one and two, there's oodles more to get stuck into there as well. So if you are planning a renovation, head back and give those a listen. But today, I am talking ideas for small kitchens. Now, I spend a lot of time talking about and looking at amazing projects, and often they are open-plan kitchens that have been extended. Of course, that's a very popular type of project, but I like to play fair and acknowledge that kitchens come in all shapes and sizes. And in fact, many of us do have kitchens that are on the small side, myself included. I have a galley kitchen, which I rather enjoy. It does the job and works perfectly for me. I did talk to Annie at Blake's London last series all about how to gain a bigger kitchen without extending. And she had some fantastic ideas on ceiling space, things like tricking the eye, knocking through, etc. But today's guest is going to focus on what to do with a small kitchen when working within the footprint that's already there. So how can we make our kitchens the star of the show, even if they are small? I am all ears for this one. So let's welcome this week's guest. So welcome to Pia Pelcornen of Pia Design. Hi Pia, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. Now we have featured projects that you've designed in KBB Magazine and on these3rooms.com. So I know you are a great designer. And in fact, I've been on your website having a snoop and I've spotted some rather fab small kitchens on your website because that's what we're talking about today. Um, And you also say you're on a mission to inspire your clients on more sustainable ways to refurbish, reimagine and create their dream home. And I feel like that element of reimagining a home is never more true than we're talking talking about small kitchens or small spaces in general because you have to really use your imagination don't you to to tackle a small space absolutely yeah I think when you've got a tighter space to work with it's even more crucial that you absolutely utilize every inch of space and just make the most of it I'm sure you've got lots of clever tricks up your sleeve and I'm going to try and eke those out of you but what I want to know to start is What's the thing that you are most asked from the homeowners that you work with who want to reimagine their small kitchen? What we get asked about most with small spaces is the biggest concern seems to be with storage and how to fit in everything that the homeowner has and still have a practical and functional kitchen. So for me, I find that those are the things that come up even before the aesthetic of the kitchen. Um, I'm a big believer that it's all very well having a beautiful kitchen, but if it doesn't work and if it doesn't meet the needs of your, of the everyday use and actually make cooking easy and fun, then that's not a very good kitchen. So we always try and start with the practical and just look at the layout and see where we can increase the storage, what's the best configuration and layout that works, or if there's any, any sort of clever tricks like you mentioned, um, which we have plenty up our sleeve of for smaller spaces. Do you think it's more difficult to design a kitchen when it is smaller? Oh yeah, definitely. I think when, if you've got the luxury of lots of space, then 
there's so many more opportunities and options to play with and you can kind of be more creative with it but if you've got a tighter space you've really got to think about how you're going to make that work most effectively and often it, it just means that because you've got less space to play with you've got less opportunities and less options within that for what's going to be workable. I mean, obviously a kitchen is a kitchen and no matter its size has to have the kitchen elements in it. You know, it's somewhere to cook, to potentially eat, to prepare food, to make drinks, etc. All of that stuff still has to go into a small space. And storage, as you mentioned, is, you know, very, very functional. So is it function first? Is that what you're saying? Yes, for me, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm Scandinavian myself and one of my big influences is uh, the Finnish architect Alvar Aalto and he always always talked about function over form and how important it is to start with making something practical and usable and I really believe that the form follows from that so if, if you've made something work really well if you've considered all the practical elements of the space then the the design the aesthetic element itself just comes together really naturally and easily. If someone's listening and they are looking around their small kitchen thinking, oh God, I really need to do something about this. Aside from, well, looking at the function, obviously, what sort of questions do they need to be asking themselves to to really get that function right in their redesign? The first thing I always ask is, how do you cook? Are you close to being a professional chef and you've got all the kitchen gadgets or are you more of a sort of practical chef and, and you prefer to keep things simple? And if you start with that, then then it helps you sort of understand what are the most important things in the kitchen for you. Are they the appliances themselves? Is it having good cabinetry with lots of drawers? Or is it really for you about having really hard wearing worktops and making sure that it's a space you can keep clean? Often it's that conversation that sort of shoots to us as well as the designer, some of the elements that our homeowners find the highest priority areas for them in a kitchen. Yeah, and the function is so important, but we'll come on to the aesthetics in a, in a bit. But just because you have a small kitchen doesn't mean to say that you, you can't have a beautiful kitchen as well. And I know that you you are a big believer in that, in terms of the, the style of kitchen that, that you create. I want to talk about layout because I think that's where function comes into its own, really, and that can essentially make or break a, ki- a good kitchen design from the very outset. And I mentioned earlier that I have a galley kitchen. And when I think of a, a stereotypically small kitchen, my mind goes to galley. And that's where, you know, you've got the, the two runs either side of the room of cabinets. And I personally love my galley kitchen. I find it's, it works for me and it's super functional. Is that the most common type of small kitchen that you would come across? It's hard to say. It really depends on the layout of the space. And we actually work a lot with open plan smaller kitchens as well. So yes, when it is a separate room, galley is a very popular shape or like a U-shaped kitchen or small run with a small island or peninsula island is quite common in a smaller kitchen. Galley shape is actually, I find, one of the more practical shapes for a small kitchen because it gives you lots of storage space but leaves the circulation space clear. I actually really, really enjoy my galley kitchen. I've heard lots of people who love to cook or chefs actually, you know, in a professional kitchen setup, that galley layout is super, super functional. So if you do love to cook and have everything close to hand, it's a, it's an excellent choice, isn't it? Absolutely. What other sorts of layouts work well in a smaller kitchen? I'm really interested that you mentioned you often design small kitchens, but within an open plan space. So what sort of layouts work well in that setting? So there's a really interesting example, actually. It's one of our recent projects. It's on my website and it's called Brompton Road. It was an open plan kitchen. And the layout we came up with is 
actually very funnily enough we called it the t-shaped kitchen and the reason for that very strange shape is that the kitchen sat adjacent to the dining space and then opened up onto the living room and we actually found that the most practical use of space was to have a long run of tall units with a peninsula that sort of came forwards towards the living room and but then the units continued along the wrong long run towards the dining room and that was so that we could get some practical space like the washing machine and tumble dryer um, on the dining room side whilst keeping all the kitchen appliances on the kitchen side so I've never designed a t-shaped kitchen before sounds very unusual but actually in this particular setting for this open plan space it worked so we sort of try and start each design with an open mind because you never know what what sort of shape and size might actually work best for a space. We prefer to design for the space rather than have any fixed ideas about what shape might work for for each room. Yeah, it's interesting because lots of people would associate a small kitchen with not being an open plan space, but actually in certain property types or, you know, if you have knock through, for an example, you know, the kitchen zone actually might be quite small, but the overall room with the living diner, snug area, whatever, is a bit bigger. But you don't want the, the kitchen to overtake the entire space necessarily. So you, you can still design a, a super functional kitchen, even though it is just designated to a small part of that room. Definitely. Just flipping that on its head and playing devil's advocate, if it is a separate room and it is, uh, you know, a small room, what sort of layouts typically work well? I know you said that you you tend to look at the space and, and go from there, but typically speaking. Typically speaking, I think, like you mentioned, the galley kitchen shape does work really well. That's something that we we end up designing quite often. Often what I also find is, although we try and start with a blank canvas when designing, because we don't want to be influenced by what was there before, often in these smaller spaces where you do have galley-shaped or U-shaped kitchens, by the time we've done all our exploration work, it it often ends up being that that shape is the most practical. It, it just geometrically when you think about it that's that is the shape that gives you the most cabinet space and makes makes use of all the wall space as well so you're really u- utilizing every inch of space within that layout yeah that's interesting because it is often the case that the layout does remain the same because the options you know for space are limited or is it sometimes best to rethink it and remove stuff you know that's it sounds counterintuitive doesn't it to remove things especially when we start off thinking about we need enough storage but can removing things from an existing kitchen actually help the cause of you know making the design of a small kitchen better yes sometimes it can I think with smaller spaces what can easily happen is we get so bogged down by trying to increase the storage space that what we end up with is a very cluttered feeling space so it is sometimes about making those choices whether it makes more practical sense to add wall units you've got wall units all the way around this galley kitchen or maybe you just take some of those away and have a couple of beautiful floating shelves so yes you might end up with a little bit less practical storage but if it makes the kitchen feel a little bit more airy and a bit more open and and increases the aesthetic appeal then it's just about striking that balance whilst making sure that the kitchen remains practical. Is there anything that you would say is a big no-no in in a small kitchen when it comes to layouts? I don't think there's any fixed rules, but I am always a little bit conscious when people say that they want a big kitchen island, because if you've got a smaller space to work with already, an island actually takes up an enormous amount of space. It's not just 
the physical footprint that the island takes up, but it's also the circulation space around it. So this is a challenge if a homeowner comes to us with quite a small space, but they're insistent that they want a freestanding island in the middle, then this can be a bit tricky because you end up with either an island that just doesn't feel substantial enough or just doesn't have enough storage within it. And it, it just becomes a sort of burdensome block in the middle of the space. It restricts your circulation and actually limits the amount of storage you can get in. So that's something I'd always be conscious of. And in those cases, maybe a peninsula island is a more practical choice. Yeah, would you say it's it's really paramount to be realistic? I mean, it's, it is essential in any kitchen renovation, but particularly with a small kitchen, it's really paramount to be quite realistic about your wish list and to be open to compromise. Yes, absolutely. I think there could be all the will in the world to fit everything our, our clients want to fit into a kitchen. But if the space is restricted, then it comes down to those priorities. So again, having that conversation early on with our clients about what are the priorities for them in terms of how they cook and what they want to fit in. And then we'll try and get in as many of those priority points as possible. Sometimes there are some compromises that have to be made. Yeah, I think that's really crucial to remember. As much as the listeners might might hate to make a compromise on their, their dream feature in the kitchen, uh, sometimes it, it, it is a must. Although, having said that, there are, as you quite rightly said, there are alternative options. So if you have got an island on your wish list and, you know, actually you've got to admit defeat and realise that it, there just is not space for one, then things like the peninsula and things like you mentioned are a a potential alternative or even I've seen very clever designs in a kitchen where you create a seating area at the windowsill almost or there's an area where the worktop actually pulls out to give you the flexible solution and you can almost create the feel of having that island coffee perching spot without actually having the island. Mm, exactly yes so we usually try and drill into with our clients, what is the reason for wanting the island? And it usually is, like you said, it's about creating a sort of breakfast area for people to sit or just having that more open feel so that the kitchen doesn't feel so standard shaped, you know, base units and wall units seems to be such a, a classic shape that we always go for. Whereas I think a lot of people associate the island with having a bit more of a hub vibe where people navigate to it and congregate around it or they sit there and have breakfast. So if that's the appeal of the island, then often we try and lead them towards the peninsula if that shape works better for them. Yeah, there's often an alternative that will create that similar vibe, which is great. Um, and then what is also great is the number of innovations that are out there now to you know make designing kitchens just so seamless and also making them super functional even if it is a small space so I'm thinking of things that really maximize the space from clever storage compartments and pull out inserts for uh, inside of cupboards and um, same thing for drawers, you know, things that organise drawers really efficiently. And I've seen kitchens where the plinth, so the kickboard at the bottom of the kitchen unit, has been um, made into a drawer space, which I think is brilliant. And things like building right up to the ceiling. I said I wanted to eke out some of your clever tips. So what are your tricks that you have in your arsenal that you sort of bring out when you are looking at a small space? So there's the obvious ones, like pull-out larders and Le Mans corner units. So pull-out larders, I find, are a really good use of space because it, you can pull the whole section out and you've got lots of shelves and it means you can actually see into the shelves and find things more easily. 
the same reason for the Le Mans corner units. There's nothing worse than having to dig through a corner cupboard with shelves, especially if you're tight for space and the items that you're storing in these spaces are things that you need on a daily basis. Whereas if you go for the Le Mans corner units, which are mechanical and they swing out when you open the door, a lot of the time people are concerned that you waste space with these because you can't really maximize it as much as with shelves. But for me personally, I believe that it's better to have space that's easily accessible rather than more space that just becomes like an inaccessible mess. Those are the sort of two obvious go-tos, pull-out larders and corner units. But like you said, we have actually done something similar before where we've made extra space under the plinth. And also building your kitchen right up to the ceiling height means you don't end up with a horrible dust trap on top of the cupboards. You maximize all of that cupboard storage space above. And also I think it just gives you a cleaner look overall with the kitchen. Yeah, and you know you can get those pull down things that you put into the kitchen cabinet. So if you are, if you have got tall ceilings, or you know you 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 can't reach right into the cupboard, if you do build it up, there are options, aren't there, to actually bring the storage down to you, which makes it more practical. Absolutely, yeah. Or or you could even consider making the height of the kitchen if you do have really tall ceilings and you want to maximize the storage by having your cupboards go all the way to the ceiling. You could think about clever design elements or aesthetics like using a ladder for example and making the ladder a really beautiful thing that becomes part of the kitchen design sometimes I think just being clever with how you assess the design issues that come up so if if the design issue is I've got extra high ceiling heights but I want to maximize my storage how do I then address the practical need to reach that so like you said you can have units that pull down to make it easier to reach those spaces or like I say a step ladder or or a beautiful ladder on a sliding rail, um, which we've done for wardrobes before, you could definitely do something like that in a kitchen as well. Yeah, I've seen that before and I think that looks beautiful. It's just a, a lovely addition to the the look of the kitchen. It just looks just stunning. And I also think that building the cupboards right up to the ceiling actually tricks the eye into making the space feel bigger. Mm, absolutely. Is this all more bespoke or made to measure though? You know, is this something that is going to cost more money to to put into a kitchen because it is very specific to to that space? Yes, that that's definitely a very important consideration that quite often of course bespoke made kitchens um are going to be more expensive and particularly for smaller kitchens typically the budgets tend to be a little bit smaller as well. So Again, it is about, for me, striking the balance between where you're spending and where you're trying to save. So maybe for those spaces, if something, for example, like a ladder is really going to lift the look of the kitchen and become a, a really interesting design feature, then maybe it's a compromise between going for more standard kitchen cupboards, getting them from maybe a trade outlet or trying to use standard sized carcasses and then changing the door so that the doors are bespoke made. So there's lots of ways around. And again, it's just about finding out what the priorities are and then spending the budget in an efficient way. Yeah. Would you would you encourage people to go more down the bespoke made to measure route for a small kitchen just to make sure that they are really maximizing that sense of space? I'm sort of thinking about it a bit like a fitted wardrobe. And when you have a fitted wardrobe and, you know, you want to build it right up to the ceiling or make use of an alcove, that sort of thing. But it's really tailored around you and your needs and what you need to store. Is that sort of principle applied to to a small kitchen as well, do you think? Yes, I, I definitely think it's always worth having that conversation. What we often start with is considering the space using standard sized units so your 60 80 meter wide units and seeing if you can actually make a workable kitchen without losing any space 
um, if if the kitchen is so tight that you're using standard sized units and then losing a good 300 mil or a good chunk of a corner of the space, then then it may be that on balance, spending a little bit more for bespoke sized carcasses is going to give you a more functional kitchen. So we always definitely have that conversation with our clients. It's great that you say it's about balance. And obviously, you know, balance in the books is a, is one of the essential balance and acts when you're doing a kitchen renovation. The other design details that I've seen are short projection units or shallower units. So, you know, that don't sort of shoot out into the room as far as a standard sized unit. What are your thoughts on those? Mm, we love them. And we've used them recently, actually. And they were from Howden's and their wall units, they have wall units that are as tall as their base units. And we ended up in a narrow space using the wall cupboards as base units and it worked beautifully. And and yes, they're shallower, but you can still get lots of practical space in them for glasses and and other other sort of crockery. So definitely a good solution. Yeah, one tip I would say on that is to make sure that you're measuring your plates and your casserole dishes or whatever, because what I've found in my kitchen, I had to rearrange the kitchen units, the kitchen, what I store in the kitchen cabinets, because the uh, the shallower units on one side, but actually my plates were too large to fit into them to be able to close the door. So I had to move them to a different part of my kitchen. I mean, it's all fine now. It's a small problem, but I think making sure you can actually shut the doors while you've got everything you need in the cupboard is crucial too Mm, definitely if we're designing a bespoke kitchen we'll go to the lengths of asking our clients what brand of cereal they eat so we can measure the cereal boxes and make sure everything (laughs) fits exactly so that we can maximize the space yeah so don't be alarmed if you have a designer that is measuring your plates or your cereal (laughs) boxes it's all part and parcel of the process and even better measure them yourself and have that information ready to go now, you've um, you've mentioned storage a few times. One of the biggest bugbears, I have to say, and worries that probably lots of us have if we have got a small kitchen is a lack of storage. How can you make sure you've got enough storage, first of all? Definitely measure what you already have. You're absolutely right about measuring your plates. And, and also small appliances, I think, are something that people forget about and need to store those. So we always ask, what have you got? Mixers and food processors and all sorts of small appliances, toaster, kettle, if you you need those on the side, we need to make sure we plan for all of that space within the kitchen. Um, And then once we know what needs to be fit into that kitchen, then we can look at ways to maximize the storage. So I mentioned already the corner Le Mans units, pull out uh, larger units are really practical, extra storage space. And, And also the other thing I think is just having extra tall wall cupboards. A lot of manufacturers make tall wall cupboards um, as opposed to the standard height one. So again, just just trying to fill in as much storage as possible and not leaving any any open sections on top of the cupboards where you'll end up with dust traps and, and uh, clutter. Yeah, we want to avoid the clutter at all costs and certainly the dust traps because no one likes dusting. And if you've got to get up on a stepladder to dust above your cupboards, I mean, that's a no-no in my book. Definitely. <laughs> you did mention appliances there in, in terms of small appliances that we need to store away. But what about the main appliances? Because you can actually get smaller versions, can't you? What, what do you think about those? Yeah, there's some really good compact options, particularly dishwashers. There's always a slimline option. And that's a really good space saving solution in a smaller kitchen if you're trying to compromise on certain things just to make sure you fit everything in. On our Brompton Road project that I mentioned earlier, we had exactly that same consideration. And although our client wanted a 
a, a wider standard size dishwasher, it then became a balance between having a freestanding separate bin or having a slimline dishwasher and integrated bin drawer. And that's the option that our client went for in the end. Sometimes those smaller appliances are a real space saver and, and means you can just fit everything in that you need to. Yeah, and I guess it comes back to how you use the space and, you know, whether you love to cook or, you know, what sort of things you do in your kitchen to assess the, the appliances that you need. Because if you are a keen cook or a keen baker, maybe downsizing the oven could actually be not a really good idea uh, because you use it so often. Mm, that's right. Yeah. So again, it comes down to who you are in the kitchen. How do you live and how do you cook and, and what are the most important things to consider? Um, we've had clients who absolutely cannot live without an oven that's 90 centimeters wide and that's the biggest priority and everything else has to sort of flow from that. But it's good to know that the the compact options for appliances are available so that you know that there is choice out there if you if you are looking to save space on appliances. What about things like a sink and tap because there are smaller versions of those available as well and you know shorter projection taps, smaller sinks. What do you think about that? Is it counterintuitive to include a smaller sink and tap in a kitchen? Again, it really depends on the space available. But for me, the sink is something that should only be compromised if there's really no other solution. It's it's usually something that if our clients do go for a really small sink, it's the thing that they regret the most. It's something that you use regularly. And if you're trying to wash big pots and pans and you've got a really tiny sink, then it can just make using the kitchen a bit of a faff. So yeah, if there's no other solution, then definitely go for the smaller sink. But otherwise, I think, you know, practically you want as big a sink as possible. Um, same with the tap. I think, yes, you're right. There's those shorter projection taps. But on, on balance, the tap itself doesn't take up that much space. And it is something that you will use on a daily basis. So if anything, I would say if budget allows or if, if that's an area where you can invest a bit more of the budget, Hot taps are a really good space saving solution because it means that you're getting rid of your kettle. So it's one less thing cluttering up your worktops, um, a, a nice single tap all in one that also does your boiling water. Yeah, all-in-one solutions. I mean, that brings me on to my my next sort of talking point that I wanted to ask you about, which is multifunctional design ideas, which really come into their own when we're talking about small kitchens. In my mind, I'm thinking of things like Mr. Gadget and Wallace and Gromit, where, you know, one thing does multiple different clever things. And, you know, sometimes it's a secret that these things can be done. Um, we featured a kitchen recently where, um, and it was Galley Kitchen again, actually, and um on one side, there was a banquette seat with storage underneath it, which was great. But there was also a small sort of table that was attached to the seat, but could be moved from one side to the other, depending on where you were sitting, which I thought was great. So are these multifunctional ideas, are they really coming into their own when, they, when we talk about small kitchens? And what sort of multifunctional ideas do you think are best used in a small kitchen? That's where a designer can really add value to a project is these sort of all-in-one solutions or, or trying to combine use of space so that you're maximizing every inch. I think it's definitely something that can add to the effect of your kitchen as well and the aesthetic of it. Even small details like we've done a kitchen before where we integrated the dog food and water bowls into the cabinetry and it just became a really sweet little uh, addition to the kitchen and it was a bit of a talking point and people absolutely loved it and they were a really dog-friendly family as well and their friends would always you know comment on how how cute the little idea it was and then when the dog was done with their breakfast they would just tuck the food bowls back into the kitchen and it disappeared 
and it was just a really clever use of space so definitely I think little bespoke details like that are worth considering. Yeah are there any other examples that you can tell me about you know the really clever little details that have just become real talking points in a kitchen? One thing that we're really keen on in a in a kitchen is bespoking a few details so although you may have to go if budget doesn't allow for a bespoke kitchen you may have to go for standard cabinetry then I would always say try and consider what options there are for the worktop whether the worktop and splashback can become a bit more of a feature or the handles can become a bit more of a feature but the other thing that we often suggest even if you're having a standard kitchen try and go for a bespoke extractor cover so rather than having an extractor fan that's you know one of those horrible stainless steel ones that's just a bit of an eyesore what we quite often do is go for the models that are integrated into the wall cupboards and then design a bespoke extractor cover so again on my on our Brompton Road project and there's another project on our website called Seville House we've designed a bespoke liquid metal covered extractor cover and in some cases what we do with these extractor boxes is we integrate storage into them as well. So access from the side, you might have a a secret latch that opens a hidden storage compartment. And again, that's been a real talking point on those kitchens where we've designed that. I love the idea of a secret latch. I love anything like that way. It's like a big reveal that you can show off to your friends or even just keep to yourself. So only you know that it's there. Um, But you're right. I mean, just because a small kitchen is small doesn't mean it has to be boring. And I think this is where it gets really exciting. I've seen some really amazing, brightly coloured kitchens, rooms that, you know, have gone dark and moody, which you might think, oh, I can't go dark in a small kitchen, but it absolutely can work. Or, you know, ones where stay floors standout features like the one you just mentioned with the the metal extractor cover I think I've seen this on your website and it's gold and it's beautiful what are your thoughts I mean I imagine what you're going to say here but what are your thoughts on really going for it style wise in a, in a smaller space yeah definitely I think like we've said I think with a smaller kitchen there's less opportunities for those interesting aesthetic design features so I think if you go for a statement color or really exciting handles or just invest in a worktop that's just something amazing that you're going to love forever I think that that's a really good idea to brighten up a kitchen and and elevate it beyond the standard yeah I mean as I said before going dark in a kitchen you know that's a real has been a real trend over the last few years you know dark green or blue units or even black sometimes and I have seen this done in smaller kitchens and you might initially think oh gosh that's not going to work but you know you can really play into the fact that it's small and make it quite cozy and moody and atmospheric yeah definitely now I'm really curious now I said I've got galley kitchen what is your kitchen like I have to ask you (laughs) so my kitchen is actually a matte white Howden's kitchen Um, we've got a stone effect worktop and a Carrara marble splashback my handles are chrome with leather wrap as a special detail and then we have that peninsula island my kitchen is open plan to the living room and dining room so for us the kitchen island freestanding island would have been too obstructive in the middle of my space so the peninsula island gives us a breakfast space and lots of extra storage without sort of feeling cumbersome in the middle interesting so would you say that it's it's a small space within an open plan setting or is it is it a larger kitchen mine is quite a small kitchen yeah it's a very hard working kitchen although 
in hindsight, I do wish I'd gone for the mechanical Le Mans corner unit instead of the shelves because I'm forever losing everything in the back of my corner cupboards. <laughs> well, lesson, lessons learned. That's good to know, you know, that even kitchen designers sometimes have things in their own kitchen that they wish were different. I think that's very comforting. We designers often say that we use our own, own homes as experiments and that's how we learn or we make the mistakes <laughs> in our clients' homes. That's great. Now, I um, really enjoyed chatting to you about small kitchens um, today. Some really great tips in there um, for people to take away. But before I let you go, I ask every guest at the end of each episode for their golden design rule. So what is your golden design rule when it comes to kitchen design? My golden rule for kitchen design is definitely function first. A lot of people think that all we designers care about is how something looks. I would always rather design a kitchen that works well even if I have to compromise on some of the design aesthetic, because a beautiful kitchen that doesn't make cooking easy and fun for me is not a very good kitchen. So function first. Function first. Got it. Right. Thank you so much, Pia, for coming onto the podcast. It's been really lovely to chat. I'm feeling very proud of my own small kitchen. And I hope everyone who is listening to this episode, who is looking at their own small kitchen, is now thinking about it in a totally different light and realising actually how much potential a small kitchen can have, even if it is spatially challenged. So thank you very much for imparting your design wisdom on me today. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to be here. Thank you to Pia there and thank you as always to you for listening. It's always a joy to chat kitchen and bathroom design and help you out with new ideas and tips with the help of my lovely guests. I hope you enjoyed that episode on small kitchens and have picked up some excellent tips that Pia had there. Um, I've certainly made lots of notes here. If you do want to get in touch with me or the team or have any questions about your space in particular, you can email us on hello at these three rooms.com. Don't forget, if you are planning a renovation project, head to these three rooms.com forward slash project planner kit and you can download a free, yes, absolutely free pack of very useful helpers, including the these three rooms renovation checklist budget tracker, mood boarding template and loads more handy sheets to help you out. It is very useful indeed, trust me. For now, that is it for this time. Join me again next week for more of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast.